RBC is a proud partner and supporter of Powwow Pitch and Indigenous entrepreneurs like Squalwen Botanicals' Lee Joseph. Discover her story in RBC's latest edition of A Chosen Journey at rbc.com forward slash a chosen journey. Traditional healing with a modern vibe. Sister Sage, powwow pitch winner, has got you covered. Cleanse your body and spirit with smokeless smudge, handmade soaps and bath bombs. Peace, love and smudge. Join the Sage fam at sistersage.com. Indigenous entrepreneurs, it's our time to shine. Powwow Pitch is all about supporting powwow vendors to grow their reach while celebrating our diverse Indigenous culture through trade. Visit shopify.com forward slash powwow pitch today to sign up for a 30-day free trial to trade more with each other and the world. Quay. Welcome everyone to the Powwow Pitch Podcast, a show empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. I am your host, Sunshine Quam Tanasco, and I'm an entrepreneur from Kitagon Zibi and Anishinaabeg. I got my entrepreneurial start on Dragon's Den selling baby moccasins. And today I'm the creator of Powwow Pitch and Her Braids, an author, water protector, mom, and advocate of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Each year, Powell Pitch supports thousands of Indigenous entrepreneurs to tell their stories. I launched this podcast to grow the reach of our entrepreneurial wisdom connected to our rich culture and deep roots as Indigenous people. On this podcast, I interview some of the most successful Indigenous entrepreneurs, makers and creators to share their stories, learnings and wisdom to lift us all. The Powwow Pitch podcast is a production of Powwow Pitch, syndicated through the Startup Canada podcast network and co-presented by RBC, Shopify and Facebook. Welcome to the show. Today, we are so lucky to have as our guest the award-winning social entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics, Inc., Jennifer Harper. Hi, Jen. How are you? I am so much better now that I'm talking to you, Sunshine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, I just want to tell people a little bit about you and who is Jen Harper, even though I'm sure that most of our listening know exactly who you are and exactly uh, what Cheekbone is and what uh, Cheekbone stands for. So Cheekbone is a direct-to-consumer brand that is helping Indigenous youth see themselves in a beauty brand while using the concept of a circular economy. Early in her entrepreneurial journey, Jen endured a heavy personal loss with the suicide of her brother, BJ. This loss, though difficult, has remained a driving force behind her vision to see Cheekbone Beauty succeed with a mission to empower Indigenous youth. In addition to Cheekbone's beauty, Cheekbone Beauty's mission, Dren, Dren. That's you're not Dren, you're Jen. Jen strives. I feel to- Dren. <laughs> I feel Dren today. <laughs> you could call me that. Don't say that because I'm going to stick with that for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I swear. 
<laughs> Jen strives to educate as many people as possible about the residential school system and its effects on the decades of intergenerational trauma. Through Cheekbone Beauty, Jen supports the First Nations Child and Family Caring Society because of its meaningful work and connection to her own family. In 2019, Jen was named Woman of the Year by Chatelaine Magazine. Wow, Jen, I mean, your your story uh, is amazing. Thank you so much for coming on uh, the first ever Power Pitch podcast series. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I know a bit about your story and had the privilege of meeting you at all kinds of uh, conferences and all kinds of business things. But uh, tell us a bit more about your story, about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I do miss all of those events where we get to uh, hang out as entrepreneurs and share share the share the the good times and the bad times. And it's unfortunate that during COVID, none of that's happening. So this is amazing to talk to you today. Mm. Um, we, uh, I say we, cause we, we are, we now, but I think early when it was the, just myself, this was literally like the epitome of what I think what people call a side hustle. I was working my full-time job in the seafood industry. And at the same time, like w- went from that crazy dream I had about native little girls and lip gloss mm-hmm. and on the journey to try to figure out how to create the products and then build a brand and try to start selling it um, and then build the relationships with with organizations that I felt would be uh, helpful in in helping us fulfill our mission. And so it's interesting as you grow in business that you you kind of have no idea where it's going to end up like you think you do. Um, but early on, for sure, way back when in all of those early years, I would not believe to where we are today. But um, just did tons of market research in those first couple of years, really was just trying to prove that a market existed for our brand. Like there was no point in, you know, looking back, realizing that the beauty industry didn't need another brand that didn't need another lipstick brand. But what I felt was missing was that connection. And I think that representation of indigenous faces and indigenous culture. And um, there was none of that. That didn't exist. Even in mainstream big beauty brands, it would be very, very rare for you ever to see an indigenous face in the marketing. And so just creating something where our kids could feel seen and felt like they could connect was sort of that first foundation. And then when in 2018, at the end of 2017, really realized, okay, like there's something here, but how can I compete in this industry that is so competitive? What can we do differently? And that's when I started to think about creating a sustainable beauty line, uh, knowing I had no money to do that whatsoever Mm. um, and would need some help there. But that sort of began the process of like, how can we make products that are actually not going to leave an impact on the planet and actually be be good for us and tell and teach the stories about our people and really was this concept of, you know, all of these teachings that we all know about, like seven generations, what we're doing today, how that impacts those next generations, how we're we're truly just borrowing this planet from from our from our kids, and how can we leave it 
better and really honing in on, you know, my Anishinaabe roots to try to figure those things out and learning at the same time throughout all of this research um, and, and product development that it's not just Anishinaabe people, um, it's Indigenous people globally. Mm-hmm. We, we, make, we make up 5% of the population, but in fact, are protecting 80% of the world's biodiversity. So really figuring out, okay, why, what, what, what was the case there? And learning more about myself and my family as well, and how it's truly this like innate connection that Indigenous people have to land, water, air. And, and these things are meaningful relationships or anything living being animals, um, plants, that these are, uh, you know, considered family members, if you will, for like lack of, I'm trying, I always try to explain this so like our Western friends could understand, but for them, it's hard because these are commodities mm-hmm. uh, in, in a Western view and things that are traded and made uh, and there's profit behind that. So kind of, we I want it with their, our brand now to showcase our teachings and how it could truly be beneficial for all of us as, as human beings, if we actually were in relationship with, with everything in nature. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I don't think I know that that shines through and your values come through and the power of what you are doing and helping and, you know, making indigenous people look at themselves and be proud of, you know, how they look and their skin tone and, you know, you know, being being fearless in, in posting a selfie and showing everybody how beautiful we are. Um, I think that's, you know, that's mind blowing. I, I remember meeting you. I I think I know it was in Thunder Bay. I don't know if it was in 2017 ish. Yeah. 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 And yeah. we just met by chance because uh, I was I was speaking on one of the panels there and I don't even know how we ended up beside each other. But you like whipped out a bunch of lipsticks and stuff. And I was like, I want it all. Like, let me buy all of this. This is amazing. And you shared your story about your brother like on the spot. And then you started talking and then APTN literally appeared out of nowhere um, like started like taping you in this emotional state. But like what was going on in your life at that time? Yeah, so it, it's interesting when I'm when I share like the personal side of my story, it is truly emotional and um, and still hard for me to tell all these years later. Mm-hmm. But I was like going through my own healing journey. I got sober in 2014, had this crazy dream and this idea about this business, started working on it, shared so much of it with my brother, BJ. And because he grew up on on the res with my family, he was a youth worker. I would ask him because I grew up with my mom, who's uh, white in St. Catharines. And so he had so much more of a connection and I was trying to learn from him. Uh, and he was such a great teacher. And, um, you know, just about like why these sort of um, my family is very, very traditional. I am not. So I did not want to like ever misrepresent anything in that way so that was so important for me to have all of his insights and um sadly you know not looking back now knowing that there might he was clearly struggling uh with with a lot of mental health uh issues at the time but he took his own life through part of you know just before i was about to launch cheekbone so it just it was such like a tragic 
extremely painful thing Mm -hmm. still is to this day. I have, uh, you know, two nephews and a niece that he's left and um, it's important now. I wanted to give up. I was like, why am I even doing this? And Mm -hmm. then I realized, no, I have to keep going. Like, this is the, this is the reason, like, it's so important. And I really truly believe that's where that layer of representation will save lives. Mm -hmm. Like if we see ourselves or someone like you, someone that looks like you, someone that comes from the same place as you, someone who shares the same like tribal nation as you, or just all of those understandings. um, And you feel like you can relate. And and if it comes by way of a brand um, and, and where you see yourself and feel like you have a place in this world. Um, belonging is really important. And unfortunately, as an Indigenous people, we were really made to feel like we didn't belong here. And on these very lands that we've, you know, lived on for for forever and ever, um, but yet are made to feel like we didn't have a spot. And so with losing him, I really, it's, I call it my like constant companion that is painful, but it's certainly, it truly is like those days that, you know, what entrepreneurship's like, you just, you're like, come on, this is ridiculous. Something bad happens, you know, a deal or, or a, 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 some kind of a thing, big thing you had planned doesn't go through and you're like, it's failing. Why am I doing this? Because I, I don't think without that passion and purpose, I would have kept going as hard and as long as I have to keep fighting to make this this thing as big as I wanted to make it. And so it's with his help, for sure, that's constantly his words running through my mind that he said, Jen, our kids need hope and they need help. And he knew that this this idea of, of this business was going to work. And so definitely is what keeps me going every single day. Yeah, it's like it's like you're healing your own uh, traumas and loss through your business. Um, Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And and you hear that, uh, you know, and like it shines through. And I think that, yes, we're doing it for our children, but we have to do it for ourselves too. You know, we have to heal ourselves as human beings, as indigenous women. Uh, once we heal ourselves, then we have the capacity to heal other people. And so you sharing your story about this loss, you know, sometimes we look at people and like it or not, or what, you know, like the word or don't like the word, you are a role model to so many indigenous people. And, you know, we can look at you from the outside and you have what, 120 something thousand followers. That is huge on, on social media. And so people are looking at you and you have these glamorous, beautiful people like putting makeup on and it's all very glamorous, but we need to hear that story of where you came from so that we can all know, wow, she shares our story. She shares our trauma. Yes, we were in this together. And because of that, I now have hope to be able to do something that she is doing. Imagine that's the impact that you are having on indigenous communities because of a for funsies idea with lipstick, that that's where you're at. And that's how I see you. And that's how people see you. Um, I, did you, you know, did you ever think that people would look at you and think that? No, you actually just made me super choked up because 
Yeah, it's, when you have your own issues in life, you you don't think that. I'm always crying around you, sunshine. <laughs> like, stop. I gotta hug you virtually. Oh my gosh. No, you just, I guess you, I know how important it is. Like, I truly do. But I think when you're doing, you're just in it doing the work every day, I guess you don't feel the impact that you're making. But it certainly is, that is the purpose. Like, um, someone asked me, in another interview earlier this week and and there it's just that idea of knowing that an indigenous kid can feel like like you just said like they could do it because they saw they see one other people doing it right if they have an idea if they have something they want to pursue that it's totally possible like that whole concept when you when you see it you can be it right Mm -hmm. and it's important that we're here like the more i'm actually in the beauty space the more frustrating it is like i have to sit um, in spaces where I'm listening to other non-Indigenous brands, really big ones, say things like, yeah, we support the Indigenous communities in South America because, you know, w- we know that they have these incredible resources and history and ancient wisdom, but they really couldn't do this for themselves. So we have to do mm. it. And I'm like screaming with like, I feel like I'm in a room and no one can hear you screaming because, because no, I, it's so important now for Cheekbone to be here to show those um, brands that are really um, thinking that they can buy our wisdom or or ways of knowing and being like that's for sale, but mm-hmm. they have no idea that that's not how this works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're so glad to be here now to take up space and hopefully one day have a platform and a voice where they'll hear the truth that the, we are capable of 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 helping our own communities and supporting our own people mm-hmm. and doing it in such a good way, um, you know, with indigenous teachings and with h- however which way you got them. And, you know, I'm going to go back to to sort of what you said, you know, your your mom is not indigenous. Um, but your dad is um, that you're you're indigenous, and and so there's a lot of different things too that come into play uh, when we when we think about that too. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it took me um, 38 years to own this part of who I am. Like mm-hmm. I am indigenous, and people for many many years made me feel like I wasn't indigenous enough. It's partly like if you think about it. I didn't fit in 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 the white world, like with my mom's side, and I don't fit in. I didn't feel like I fit in on my dad's side. So, as a mixed race person, I know I'm not the only one. This is we we struggle with identity issues, and it's pretty common. I think um, if you grow up maybe in a in a home where it is more balanced and not a lot of trauma, but unfortunately, my upbringing was not like that. So I didn't have the strong parents who were teaching me both ways from both sides. Um, so that's unfortunate. So I think it's possible to raise mixed children with with true identity um, and being rooted in both of their identities and allowing a child to feel very comfortable in whatever space that they and feel comfortable to be. That's who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Like no one can deny that that you're half that and you're half that and that's who you are. Um, and so unfortunately for me, I think it it actually was part of what led me one to alcoholism. It's like one of those alcoholism or any addiction is a bandage to much deep rooted issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, identity issues was one of my main issues throughout my entire life. So when I finally accepted myself, 
that I am a strong indigenous woman. Um, it's actually when I began to heal. Mm. And when I started to find out more about my culture, learn uh, as much as, as hard as it is learning uh, of the, my language, um, Anishinaabe Moen, learning the stories of my family and, and, and how residential school was such a traumatic experience and not, and learning it from my family's perspective and then understanding that every other, you know, First Nation uh, Inuit or Métis family has their own stories with residential school and how it truly has impacted all of us in, in a lot of negative ways. And so it's really helped me come into my own and feel finally whole. Mm. And, um, you know, it happened later in life, but I, I, I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah, you just gave me goosebumps and you know, you you finally felt whole and it took mm. a process to get there. Um, you know, with all of the podcasts that we did, residential schools and 60 scoop comes up all the time. Uh it's been coming up in most of our in most of our chats and I think that that's important because, you know, what other podcast about entrepreneurship? What other podcasts are people talking yeah. about, you know, the 60s yeah. and intergenerational trauma? and intergenerational poverty, you know? So all these mm -hmm. books that are written about entrepreneurship where, you know, uh, don't use your own money or, you know, ask your auntie, ask your this. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> My what auntie if has no money. <laughs> exactly. But like for real, like, you know, yeah. like ask your family for this. Well, it doesn't work that way in so or many. The, I love the friends and family round. And I'm like, that couldn't even happen in my case. You know what I mean? In, in so many people's cases, you know? Yeah. So like all this stuff. So we're really having to reinvent the wheel on how we do things. And really, it's this whole all these conversations are about healing through entrepreneurship. That's, uh, you know, what we're hearing repeatedly. Um, and you are the, the perfect, perfect example of that happening and how you're doing that. Um, you know, if you compare your your own self and, you know, to not compare. But just look at who you were when you were starting this and who you are now. Um, you know, crazy. powerhouse. Yeah. I remember seeing you um, talk. I think it was the last 2019 Aubin uh, conference, I believe. Mm, yes. When we thought, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had seen you obviously along the way. I feel like at other con, whatever, uh, here and there. Oh, at Palau Pitch even. Right. Mm -hmm. Coming to pitch. And when I seen you uh, speak the keynote, you commanded the entire room and it was like, whoa, I didn't even know. Like, I knew you were going to be good, but I didn't think you were going to be <laughs> exceptional. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was taken aback at how you connected with everybody in that room. Um, would you say that that was you as well five years ago or whenever you first started it? Or, or ha do you, do you notice the growth in yourself? Oh, yeah. Like no way. And not in the, there's no way I could ever even have thought of speaking in front of people before. Like even at Powell pitch, I was like so nervous. Right. Um, uh, and so there, yeah, there's been so much personal growth. This is the, it's, I say when I, talk about it from the beginning like that original dream mm -hmm. the whole thing has been life-changing it really has um it's helped me um not only on that that healing side of the journey but me grow as an entrepreneur and and figuring out 
because when you, it's so funny when you, and when I meet people that are, have a new entrepreneurial idea mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, and you want to hear more and you're listening to them talk. And then in my mind, I'm like, I can't wait from five years from now. Cause mm-hmm. now I know that that idea is just mm-hmm. going to grow into so much more and they're going to, they're going to learn so much more about themselves. Like that's, it's really exciting. Cause I know, and I've, I've felt it happen in my own life. Yeah, most definitely. Um, that has uh, been a really transformational is just the uh, gaining confidence that, that, and it's so, I feel like it's so sad that it took me 38 years to figure that all out. But again, I, I just want to keep saying that it's never too late. Like life will make mistakes. I just don't want people to be held back ever by an age thing. Uh, and I am always moved when you see young people that are so together at at 20. And I'm like, who is this person that they're that? Because I was so screwed up. But um, yeah, it took me a long time to get it all together. But I, I feel confident in in who I am. And then, you know, what I realized too, it's, I worry about our young people because social media can be really mean. Like we actually, we get some hate at Cheekbone Beauty, believe it or not. What? Um, I am shocked, actually. I'm shocked. It's painful because you're seeing, uh, sometimes people can be really mean. And so then you're just like, I know hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. and I'm an adult and I've healed. So I'm comfortable. I worry about people that have to deal with that kind of online, um, uh, trolls and haters and stuff when you're still kind of struggling. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody was like, I have kids that are teenagers, so I'm, I'm always worried. Like if another teenager, if a teenager had to deal with that, how are they going to react to it? But um, I think our kids are growing up in a different world where they're used to the, 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 the online stuff, but any, it's true. It's just, but I've thankfully to the healing process, I can handle even the mean people now. And back in, parts of my life, I think I would have just um, picked up and ran away if that happened. Mm-hmm. No, for real. I, I I completely agree. I remember, uh, you know, with my first business too, whenever someone would say just anything like my bead works better or your price, it would like stick with me for days. And so I would funny. think about it way too often. Like, is yeah. it? And, you know, trying to reflect. And now, uh, you know, I guess and maybe it's age, maybe it's experience. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Right. Who knows what that is? But now it's oh, wise little... old aunties now. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what's the biggest lesson that you think you've learned in this process? the process of entrepreneurship? Um, it's okay not to know things. Hmm. Like I think when we're younger, we think we have to know and we're, we're so afraid to do something or say something or try to create something based on the fact that there's things we think we don't know about it, hmm. right? And so what I've realized, and again, I think part of maturity is um, we're, we don't know anything like mm-hmm. ever in reality, like we don't know anything. And so I think the moment you get comfortable in that, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot easier and just, um, yeah, I don't know. There's so many lessons. Like I know consistency is just key, right? Like waking up, working on this every single day is why it's been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just giving up, but for sure, knowing that I'm going to make mistakes and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Like being so comfortable with that now, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're all humble now. The wise old aunties become uh, humble <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, so uh, what final advice, before we wrap it up, what final advice would you give to young Indigenous entrepreneurs wanting to start out? I want them to ask for help mm. um, as much as they possibly can and don't be afraid to do that. I think it's really important. Just keep asking people. You'll get, you'll, you'll make and show up. At, I mean, right now we can't, but there is online networking events. Like go to all the things, ask for help as much as you can. Just show up. If you just show up, like something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And and just keep sharing um, y- y- your, your idea and don't, and don't feel like you can't, like you have the right and someone's going to listen to you and someone's going to believe in you. Um, and the more people you share it with, the bigger, or the greater the opportunity of that happening faster is a lot, is a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the, you know, sharing uh, regularly. And there are going to be people who tell you, no, I've gotten a lot of no's uh, in my life, you know, even w- with my first business, uh, you know, the dev officer in my community basically said, no, we don't, uh, that idea is tiny. Uh, And then the dragons on Dragon's Den said that idea that I wasn't thinking big enough. Um, So it's all about perspective, right? So, so take the no's and learn, and maybe that's just not the person who's going to help you or or who, you know, is not going to be able to help you reach that next level. Um, And I, I don't think we could say that enough to our youth and to our people and to or even just the older people who are just beginning, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. okay to hear that no, find another way. Yeah, no means just not right now. Uh, or not yep. or not with that person. You'll yep. find a way. Yep. Exactly. Um, okay. So where can the listeners go to learn more about cheekbone and where to buy your amazing products? at cheekbonebeauty.com everybody knows this everyone's already there need to be um in sephora this september (gasps) is it yeah Yeah, on sephora.ca how we're starting our relationship with the big guys that is a huge step congratulations i can good for you jen that's amazing that must have taken. We have so much work to do. It's crazy. Like every day, I wake up in the middle of the night, going, "Did we finish this? Did we get that?" But yeah, so it's crazy, but exciting. Really exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Like super excited and nervous, like all at the same time, right? Wow. Oh my God. Okay. So wait, wait. I have, J.K. We're not closing right this second, but like, what does a day for Jen Harper look like? Oh my goodness. Um, so six o'clock, I usually wake up. I do prayer, like go for a walk. Um, then I'm like trying to like listen to always something that I feel like will help me throughout that day. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, then I just get to work after the walk or if it's like, some kind of fitness if if i walk and i'll quickly do something like a quick peloton ride for like a sweat or something like that but i need to like be moving and like kind of do my check all my my spiritual boxes first in the morning and like connecting and all of those things and then start work at 
probably around seven, seven thirty. And yeah, it's well, right now it's just sitting in front of the computer with Zoom, mm-hmm. um, Zoom meetings all day long and those sorts of things. And because we're we employ 16 people now and 10 are full time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, like we have a financial controller, like head of marketing, um, head of operations. So it's just meetings with those head of R&D, with our chemists. So the meetings with the the team leads happen all throughout the week. Um, and so we're really mostly Monday through Tuesday so that it's we know the direction plans, all those sorts of things. Um, and then lots of uh, product development stuff at the moment because we're trying to be ready for Sephora. We're going to be launched in their clean mm-hmm. vegan section. So we have to, we're reformulating a whole bunch of our products to meet all those standards, which has been a ton of hard work, especially during COVID because we just finally figured out our brow formulation and got news from the supplier that they're shutting down for another three weeks in, in Italy because of the, because of COVID again. So it's just frustrating because we've been through this all year, but you know, here we go. And and then, you know, meetings with Raven Capital every once a month, um, helping us to make sure we we are on track for our next stages of growth uh, because we plan on taking manufacturing in-house over the next year to um, not all of our products, but a portion of them. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we'll work on more funding coming our way to build out manufacturing because that's going to be really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just the, the marketing and I think R and D and product development is where I spend most of my time. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a ton because we're, it's the constant plans, right. Of, of this product's coming and what's coming next and sort of the, all the campaigns that are all different. So I said to someone on a call earlier, I'm like, we literally have 12 projects right now mm-hmm. on the go. So it's crazy. And just like from the littlest thing to when you think of the packaging to the sticker lot numbers on making sure like it's just crazy, all the the details. But it, it's I'm grateful. I get it every day and I get to love to come to this job. Right. Mm, yeah. You get to be completely creative on everything and, and yeah. you know, collaborate with uh, I think it was Christy Belcourt was your last uh, collaboration. Yeah. yeah. And we have like. We're, we just were um, vetting new um, marketing agencies to work with. And we we reached out to a really big few of them thinking somebody would want to work with us. Nobody responded except this one agency did. They had on their call like eight people from their team. <laughs> this is the marketing agency that created We the North for the Toronto Raptors. Oh, wow. Wow. And they were like we want to work with you. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I can't afford you <laughs> wow. right? the, the whole time. So we're meeting with them and then two, their, their VP of their business development and one of their brand uh, managers met us on the last call. And they're literally, they're giving us because they believe in us in the Sephora launch and they know how important that is. So we're rebranding our boxes and everything at the moment <laughs> for that launch they're doing $200,000 worth of the work for free. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. wild. That's totally awesome. wild. Like it's going to, 
it's going to change, like it's going to be amazing because they're just, that's their world is packaging and creative and all of that stuff that our team is so junior. Like I could, I, I can only afford to hire junior marketers. I couldn't afford to hire these experts. Um, and now that their whole agency is on board, it's really, really exciting. But so you totally been- attracted that. Well, that's what someone said to me. Don't kid yourself. This is going to look just as good for them as it does for you at the end of it, which is probably true. But I'm so like, this is, it's unbelievable. I can't even process. Like when they told us that on Friday on the call, of course, I was in tears as I usually (laughs) do when I get emotional and because I'm just blown away. But they're, they're just like, we believe like the one woman said, I'm so sorry. I didn't know about your brand. And that really makes me upset. We're going to make sure the whole world knows about Aww. Chico. Aww. I know. It was just like phenomenal. So this is really like this is a this next few months for us is just going to be insane. Right. Like the transition, the the, you know, the feel that that will finally I feel like will fit in at Sephora with their help. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's going to be that extra layer of sort of I don't know. What's the French word for something on top, like a cherry on top or whatever? <laughs> That's English. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. There's a French saying and I can't even think of it right now. I should, yeah, I should, there should be an Anishinaabe saying for this, but I don't have one. <laughs> well, I think it's, you know, I had other conversations about, you know, you're, there are certain people here on this list who are Indian famous, but who, you know, Canadians and other don't know about the work that Indigenous people are doing this right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to just say and generalize and say that most Indigenous people know about cheekbone beauty across Canada, across you know, no problem. Um, but now this is next level. Like you are taking it mainstream. That's amazing. Oh my God. You're like Rihanna. Well, I've not <laughs> like totally <laughs> not even close, but I'll take the compliment. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm, it's crazy. I'm so it's the brand is its own self. It's not even me anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like it's cheekbone is its own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty amazing because being the one who got to create the idea mm-hmm. and build the foundation of what it is, is amazing. But now it's taking on its own life. And I think that that's what's really special because um, it, it, it'll it be so relatable to um, Indigenous kids when they see it, like, because it still has that connection, but it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's it's taking on its own life, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I mean, I was at uh, Sephora before, right before the pandemic, and I remember seeing uh, Sarah Fox on the huge poster behind the cashiers. And, you know, I'm I was probably 39 that last year uh, at that point, And I got so excited to mm. see an indigenous person on the picture that like I had to take a selfie with the freaking picture behind me because I was I like, it. oh it's my awesome. God, this is Sephora and there's Serene. And like, I would like, wow. It's a big deal. Huge. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Now imagine seeing cheekbone. Well, I mean, you don't have to imagine. It's like, it's there. It's all, it's coming to fruition, but like that's happening. People are going to be, you know, and then once they have more indigenous models on the, you know, posters to see, 
uh, your beautiful mm-hmm. product. Wow. You know, everything you said about representation matters. It does. And we need to see that on in all areas, not just makeup or not just soaps or but just in every single area. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. I think it's exciting. Um, and it means it's just the beginning because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like for cheekbone, it's kind of you, in entering this beauty space. It just means there's so much room for so many more Indigenous brands to come here and be here, too, mm-hmm. um, when they see what's possible and what 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 can happen and where where it can when where it can take you when you're like guided and led by that passion and and that purpose and i feel like that it's just just gonna it's just gonna it's just the beginning for for indigenous people in in mainstream beauty brands or any other um industry mm-hmm Jen Harper, I love you. I am so happy to have met you early in the game and to have been able to witness your extraordinary growth. And I know this is just the beginning for you. And I am happy to know you. And I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for coming and taking the time out of your super busy schedule to be a part of the first Power Pitch podcast series. I appreciate it. Yay. Thanks for having me. And you'll have to come visit as soon as we're allowed to visit because you'll have to come check out our new headquarters where we've built a lab um, and we'll show like a behind the scenes of how we make stuff. That is a deal. I can't friggin' wait. (laughs) Thank you, Jen. Have a good day. Thanks, you too. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Pow Wow Pitch podcast dedicated to empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. Thank you to our co-presenting partners, RBC, Facebook, and Shopify. To our syndicate partners, Startup Canada. To our producers, Victoria Lennox and Cyprian Shalankiewicz. And to everyone who makes Pow Wow Pitch possible. Be sure to visit powwowpitch.org to explore how we can support you to start your business and sign up to our newsletter to learn more about the Indigenous Startup Program to get access to training and mentors, the Power Pitch Competition for your chance to win up to $25,000, and the Indigenous Entrepreneurship Awards to celebrate your success. Until next time, I am your host, Sunshine Quemtanasco. Miigwech. <laughs>